Well, you can talk about film. Gotta be quicker than this. You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal or measure them all by box office appeal, but for once in your life... Be real! God only knows who I'd be without this podcast. Welcome to Be Real Guys, a mini episode. My name is Chance Solon Pfeiffer. And I'm Noah Ballard. And we are gathered here on this uh, abbreviated edition to talk about the 2015 Brian Wilson biopic, Love and Mercy. Noah, when Sir? Uh, this is streaming on both Hulu and Amazon, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, and that's it, where I watched it on Hulu. Came out last year, and it is split. Uh, if people have heard of it, they probably know this. It is split between sort of a prime Pet Sounds Brian Wilson, in which he's played by Paul Dano, and uh, late 80s, early 90s Brian Wilson? Absolutely. Played uh, by John played Cusack. By, yeah, John Cusack and his uh, sort of... Well, it's, it's, it's both analyzing his spiral, both in making Pet Sounds and then his spiral uh, under the guidance and supervision of Dr. Eugene Landy and how his now wife sort of pulls him out of that world and, you know, repairs his legacy um, in the future. So, yeah, it's interesting in that way because, I mean, you can tell from the description that it is, it is sort of defying music biopic convention. Yeah, I mean, in that there's like an a pretty typical like memoir esque uh, moment where he's like doing his masterpiece, and then there's a completely bizarre movie starring John Cusack that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> and they're cut; they they intermingle with each other. We should say, um, right, in no logical order. Well, sometimes I think tastefully to show something, but I think it struggles as it goes excuse me can i help you today i'd like to buy a car hi i'm dr eugene landy do you know who this man is brian wilson of the beach boys well let's talk about the double casting of brian wilson sure so you have Paul Dano, who has a brilliant WTF interview with Mark Marin about his preparation for this role and how much research he did before he even met Brian Wilson. Right. And then there's uh, John Cusack, star of Say Anything, uh, Better Off Dead and High Fidelity, um, who may just be off his own meds uh, <laughs> as preparation for this role. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because these you have to suspend disbelief that these two actors who other than their sort of oval faces don't really look like each other. Right. Not at all. But it's just such a weird exercise in acting to see these two guys play off each other, playing the same role and never appearing in the same scene, save for a couple of montages uh, designed to show that they are the same dude. But until really the climax of the film, you only really know that they're the same dude because of their name and because of the marketing material for this movie, right? The events of the movie make their connection really difficult because like every time I wanted to sort of look and be like, well, the Cusack performance is kind of incongruous with the Dano performance that's happening. I, I had to remind myself, well, he's on... 
like enough tranquilizers to like put a person in like a decade long stupor. But like, I don't know how you get around that and find who we recognize as young Brian Wilson in old Brian Wilson, which is weird. Well, my question is why the choice was even made. Like, for me, if you have these sort of like dual narrative movies, they sort of have to talk to each other, right? Yeah. And I just didn't feel like the alien – like it's basically two stories of alienation by the people who are supposedly his support system. But then like the first one, he turns inward and creates this brilliant album that was not appreciated until later in his life. And in the second one, the older one – it's that he finds love, the love of his life in his, I guess, his third wife that he's currently married to, who ends up helping him with this lawsuit that gets him away from Landy and then gets some of his print rights back to his work. I think for the first half of the movie, I was really pleased with just how non-traditional it was. I mean, it takes, it has a lot of patience for... Um, characters who are not famous, which is like something that is rare in biopics. Like biopics always feel like they're sometimes like boring until they're flying toward the next celebrity cameo. So I appreciated that. And you sort of, you have the parallelism between Bill Camp, who plays Brian Wilson's dad, and Paul Giamatti, who plays Dr. Landy. It's like sort of always searching for this like father figure that ends up abusing him. Um, but yeah, as the movie enters its second half, I would say I'm bothered by what you're talking about. Like it, it cannot justify quite why it took this approach. Exactly, and I think too, it's ultimately like a very sad movie. Oh, because very. it only shows like the people that took advantage of Brian Wilson, and it doesn't really have enough emphasis on either his inspiration. Or the love of his life. It doesn't have, I mean, for me, I kept questioning, you know, why is this called Love and Mercy? And I understand that there's that Brian Wilson song, Love and Mercy, but like as it applies to the movie, I guess the Elizabeth Banks wife plot is the love. And maybe like his band rallying around him and letting him do what he wanted was the mercy, or maybe it was the other way around. Right. I'm not sure. I mean, if you really look at the lyrics to Love and Mercy, I mean, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> in context of the film, which are just, it's just sort of a, one of these like short story kind of songs that like talks about just being good to people and, you know, sort of we're all in this together, which is not the thesis of the film. I think also in the on the Dano A side of the movie, I think it's a pretty good music music biopic. Like you really, uh, certainly you really understand. I love the time spent with the studio musicians. I love the like sort of like the long takes that go around while like he's trying to get the cellist to do the staccato part on Good Vibrations, and the other mm-hmm. Wilson brothers are like. Jesus, we just wanted to sing Surf in USA. But then there's also no music in the second half. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. If music is what had mercy on him, then maybe we should have gotten some more music. And you cannot watch this movie and then listen to Pet Sounds the same way again. And I think that's what's brilliant about it. It really gets into the nitty gritty. And Dano, when he talks to Mark Maron, he talks about them listening to hours of the studio recordings of like, you know, all this repetition and how Wilson just like wanted these very specific sounds and, you know, the animals in there too. And like getting, you know, Jerry rigging pianos to like make that, you know, these specific sounds, which I think is brilliant. And it, it shows how an artist created something and like the isolation of creation and inspiration. Yeah. And then, 
<laughs> and for the first half of the movie, the early half, um, you know, his his desire to compete against the Beatles and make this truly brilliant, like, uh, groundbreaking record is his need. Mm-hmm. But then, like, it's 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 obscure what anyone's need is in the second and like the, the later one. I mean, Landy of course, you know, ends up getting sued and disbarred for like taking money from Brian Wilson and stealing from his family and his rights. But like, it's never clear what Brian Wilson wants. He's kind of the third character in the second half. He's the, I mean, he's almost like the setting of the second half. Totally. The idea of this sort of Pet Sounds memoir is more interesting to me than like getting at these two like sad moments in the psychotic breakdown of Brian Wilson. Yeah. This is all to say that I thought it was a very like admirable movie. Yes. Yeah, I sort of like any movie that challenges the very stale Cradle to Grave biopic. But I thought it challenged it enough in the way it did the 1960s Pet Sounds Brian Wilson that it didn't need to go so above and beyond, you know. I mean, it had already defeated sort of this the the tired tropes of Walk the Line or Ray or whatever. Yeah. And I think that, honestly, like, John Cusack is, like, horribly miscast. Yeah, he um, just doesn't look like Brian Wilson. Well, he doesn't yeah. look like Brian Wilson. He doesn't look like Paul Dano. And honestly, like, I don't think he has the range to give this subtle performance that is required to show someone who's on so many drugs and like, but secretly has the, like this desire to be sober and to be an active part of his own life again. Yeah. That desire was pretty hard to see underneath the sort of, and you can see like Elizabeth Banks, like straining to like bring it out of him. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I I just, it, it just seemed like, again, I appreciate what was, the attempt here. And so ultimately, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a tough movie to rate because like I, I was, I think it's, 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 um, it's intentions are admirable enough for maybe me to call it a good, bad movie Mm -hmm. because like, I think there's half a good movie here and then half just a not very entertaining and kind of groany movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's no way it's good good, but I think it might be good bad. Yeah, I like what it tried to do. I like what it set out to do. I think, but I'm ultimately in agreement with you. The Dano performance is much better than the Cusack performance. I don't know. Like, this movie really boxed itself in by, like, choosing to structure itself this way. And I think if you yeah. even look at, like... Uh, Miles Ahead and Born to be Blue like two sort of non-traditional music biopics that came out this year like we could have easily done this like they do the Chet Baker story in Born to be Blue which is like a like maybe a two three year arc that sort of like puts the idea of like redemption and blame for the people he's ignored in Brian Wilson's hands by like showing his victories with music and showing how that's like hurt people like I think over the course of 90 100 minutes like that really would have been good enough and would have satisfied people in a way that yeah i I just don't know like in abandoning one stringent form why it chose possibly like an even more stringent form that no one else does for the reasons illustrated here like dano makes so many bold choices that like i mean cusack doesn't repeat so it's just it's 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 illogical yeah 
Yep. So, um, but I think worth. Well. I think worth watching just for Dano and like yes. Elizabeth Banks and um, Paul Giamatti have enough stuff going on on screen that's interesting. I just don't know what it has to do with ultimately yeah. the good part of this movie, which is the making of Pet Sounds <laughs> and showing like why it's such a brilliant album. It's an interesting one. It's definitely interesting and worth at least one view. Yes. But I don't think I'll revisit this one for a while. I would doubt it on my end as well. Frando? Sir? Wouldn't it be nice if we were uh, almost done with this? Yeah, well, don't worry, baby. <laughs> I do not want to be one more person who wants something from you. So I'm going to walk away. Why can't I be with her, Gene? For the same reason, man, that you cannot be with anybody. 